Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's time to take command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's Beat reporter Craig Hoffman. Take command here on a Monday. Craig Hoffman, Logan Paulson, and with us he is the color commentator on the Commander's radio broadcast after a 16-year NFL career. It is the great Ring of Fame member, hopefully soon to be Hall of Famer, London Fletcher. Fletch, what's up, man? Thanks for joining the show. What's going on, guys? Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, we will tell some some old war stories uh, towards the end of the pod, but we want to obviously get into the game. I just got done rewatching uh, the condensed version of the TV copy, and uh, I know from, from my vantage point, that was, that was not a particularly good Saturday. Uh, if you're in the Burgundy and Gold, at least from what I saw, I think of the three of us, people care the least about my opinion. So, uh, Fletch, you're the guest. We'll, we'll, we'll let you go first. Like, just If you think about big takeaways from the game on Saturday, well, what's the thing that's top of mind as you sit here two days later? Yeah, the same thing that, that was talked about right after the game on Saturday, the defense's inability to get off the field on third downs, the allowing Patrick Mahomes and actually the backup quarterback, uh, Shane Bouchel, to find running lanes when the pass rush wasn't in, in, you know, in sync, so to speak, just finding the the ability to extend plays with his legs and, and make plays. And then a couple coverage issues as well. I thought the, the offensive line, despite being three starters down, they, they played decent, especially when Carson was in the game. He didn't, he didn't really, deal with any uh, major pressure. He got sacked on the one play, but that was more of a cover stack and him not taking it, not getting rid of the ball. But, you know, the biggest takeaway was definitely the defense and not getting off the field on third downs and allowing Patrick Mahomes to extend plays and, and being hurt by the quarterback run. And this, Fletch, this is a question I get all the time. Like, what makes good third down defense? What allows defenses to get off the field? Because you, you know, you look at the analytics and people say, oh, it's how they perform on second down or it's if they run this coverage philosophy. In your experience, good third down defense. Well, down a distance definitely makes a difference. It's it's a lot easier to defend, let's call it third and six plus as opposed to third and three, third and three to five. So that, that what you do on first and second down does make a difference. It allows you to Maybe play a little bit more defense, more different, different variety of coverages. When you when you get to the 
third and four, third and five situations. It's if you want to play zone, that could be a little hairy because you know a lot of times you're dropping and, and quarterback throws a check down or whatever or a little out quick quick route, they can possibly get that first down. But when you're in a third and three situations, third and uh, twos, a lot of man to man coverage. You can dictate coverages. You can dictate routes that that you know kind of causes problems for the defense. So down a distance does make a a difference. I think changing up coverages, yeah. you know, not showing the same thing all the time. And I know this is preseason, and hopefully they'll have a bunch of have more variety of coverages. Whether it's doubling a guy, um, you know, mixing some things up, bringing a little bit different types of pressures. I'm sure those things will happen. And, and being being more disciplined. In, in your in your techniques, um, the first game against Carolina Panthers, we got beat on on several times just not playing techniques the right way. Yeah, and I think like you bring up a good point there. Like in practice, when the defense is really successful, is they're bringing five man pressures, right? They're getting even six man pressures in certain situations, and they're kind of able to dictate to the offense, making sure the back can't get out. And you know, like you said, it is preseason, so hopefully they have a more kind of fleshed out plan. But in your experience, um, you know, like the rush has to be tied to the coverage and it felt like on um on Saturday that wasn't the case. You know, and how detrimental is that when you're trying to be good on third down? Oh, it's extremely detrimental. It's you 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 can have a situation where the pass rush wins and they're about to either sack the quarterback or, or get you get pressure on them right away. But because the coverage may be a little um, not in sync, so to speak, you know, maybe they're playing off or or running back is open right away and the quarterback sees him and is able to get the ball out before the pressure gets there, they're going to get the first down or be in a position to get the first down. And, and there are other instances where, you know, the coverage is great but you allow the quarterback to have too much time, which happened multiple times in that game against the Kansas City Chiefs. You only can cover for so long, right. and eventually a guy's going to get open. And, and when you're dealing with a talent like Patrick Mahomes, he's going to find the guys that gets open, and that happened a couple times. The first um, – I, I remember one of those plays where uh, Watson ended up being on, I think, Cam Curl. We ran a blitz, and – the, you know, mm-hmm. they tried a different different type of blitz, and he, you know, the middle of the field was kind of open, or or let's call it the uh, half of the field was open, and, and Mahomes found that, and you you got a, a safety running down the scene with the with the receiver, and you know Mahomes is he's a former MVP, and he's going to see that, and he's going to make a great throw. Yeah, on that one, they brought both the nickel and the safety, and then uh, right. you know Curl can't. He's got another safety behind him, uh, or another DB behind him, and you can't let the receiver cross your face, and he did, and. That's conversion. There's another one of those third downs where you just chalk it up to Mahomes being Mahomes. The one where he throws like sidearm back across. He's rolling left, throws back right. You go, all right, you know, it's Patrick Mahomes against any other quarterback except for Aaron Rodgers. You're you're probably fine on that one. But overall, the consistency, they go six for six on third down. Um, and it kind of gets back to the question that we had last week, which is if if it's not the same. Well, one, is it the same problem over and over again? And two, if it if it's not, and it's like a variety of different problems, which is what Jack said it was last week, and he's like, okay, that's fine, we'll clean them up. At least we're not repeating the same mistakes. Like, eventually, if you just keep making a bunch of different mistakes, that doesn't make anyone feel any better. So, you know, did you see any consistency for both of you guys? Did you see any consistency in the errors on third down? And two, um, you know, what does what does that mean based off of the first part of that question? 
Well, unfortunately, there was not any consistency. Of, you know, <laughs> one, one minute, one play could have been the coverage aspect. Another uh, situation, it could have been the rush aspect where maybe a defensive end gets too far up the field and that allows for Mahomes to to step up in the pocket and, and, and buy time. And I think when when we talk about discipline in the pass rush lanes, you, we need to go deeper into it and, and understand and explain to the viewers, you know, ex- exactly what that looks like. And, you know, you're, you're trying to, obviously if it's a third and six plus, you're trying to generate pass rushing. You're trying to get guys in their best possible situations to rush the passer. So you're going to have your three, your defensive tackles and what you call three techniques on our shoulders, outside shoulders of the guards. Obviously your defensive ends may be a little bit wider because they're trying to get pressure. You, there's a fine line between going too far up the field and also getting the right push and standing in your in your lanes. Where there's times where you know the defensive tackles are you know five yards up the field, the defensive ends are seven yards up the field, and the good quarterbacks they're gonna they're gonna step up and and find those lanes. And you have to be be in, in concert um, with those things in in, in, in unison and. That's something you have to continually work with, continue to harp on, and and you know hopefully that gets corrected. But then there was a couple times where you know coverage was they they blew coverage on the running back out the backfield. Um, I think it was McKinnon, you know, or missed tackle, you know, on the on the sideline that gets him off the field. So there was a there was a couple of different things, and it wasn't just one area or one player. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned that because, like, when I watched the film, I kind of was like, "It's it feels like to me that the down is too long for the coverage to be effective, right? There was a mental mm-hmm. mistake. I think Jamin missed the back coming out. Like, he kind of got caught between rushing and falling out. But then there was another one where right. Cam Crow misses the tackle in the flat, and that play was, like, five seconds long. You know what I mean? The rush just didn't get home. And then you mentioned that play where Cam Crow gets beat in the seam, and Jack Del Rio is bringing a fire zone there, That this new, like, six-man fire zone where they're bringing six, right. and then the, the backside player falls off for the running back or whatever, and you have two underneath guys. So, obviously, you're stretching, stretching coverage, but one of the reasons you do that is because the rush isn't getting home. So, I kind of felt like they were just a, a little bit behind in terms of their response. And I like the idea of bringing a fire zone, an aggressive fire zone in that situation. But obviously Patrick Mahomes burned you. But it just felt like to me the rush just wasn't wasn't sinking, wasn't getting its teeth in. And one of the things that I, I wanted to ask you about is like how how do you walk that line as a coach and as a player of when you're rushing a really dynamic player like Patrick Mahomes of basically saying like we're still going to be aggressive while also maintaining some semblance of rush discipline. That that is that is a a thing that has to be harped on in the in the meeting rooms in the meetings leading up to the game and also the practice leading up to the game where this may be a situation where we may not get you know four sacks or three sacks or whatever, but you want to keep him in the pocket, get get pressure in his face and and be disciplined, not get too far up the field. That's that's there's certain times where this quarterback, hey, we may not get the sacks, but we we want to keep him bottled up, keep him within the confines of of our pass rush where eventually we will be able to get some some pressure on him and but if you allow him to just be back there, you know, you got one guy 2 yards into the backfield, another guy 6 yards, one guy five yards and it's just not in in sync 
And also, there there will be games being run that you can do. You can run, you know, text games or, or tackle tackle games to kind of create um, problems for the offensive line as well. And I'm sure they'll do that a little bit more in the in the, in the regular season. I think they did it one time, and and FL Bada guys. He got knocked yeah. into the A gap, you know, yeah. and, and and a quarterback found that lane. So you know those things will happen. I'm sure they'll they'll mix things up a lot more during the during the um, regular season. But it has to get it has to get corrected. You know, you think about Jacksonville and and Trevor Lawrence. He can run. He can he he's athletic as a quarterback, and you know it's something that that we got to get fixed. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, as I look through my notes from the game, uh, you know, I feel like Sweat had a, an impact in this game. He never gets home, but he's the he was the one guy who felt like he had consistent push. Obata actually had a couple of good rushes as well. Tuhill had a couple of good rushes, but the inside guys didn't seem to have a large impact. What did you guys make of the game that or the games that uh, Payne and Sweat or uh, sorry, Payne and Allen had uh, on the inside? You know those those three interior linemen for the Kansas City Chiefs. They're they're really good. Uh, Creed Humphrey, I think Trey Smith. I can't, I can't remember the uh, oh, two Hill. Um, those guys are really good football players. And again, so I know one of those guys. I know Payne uh, or Allen. He was double teamed several times. And again, a lot of times it's just understanding how you want to having a plan of going against this, the groups that you're going against and. You know, they didn't have the impact, the same type of impact like they had against the Carolina Panthers in terms of they had multiple hits on the quarterback. Uh, Payne and Allen did. Didn't have that type of impact this past game uh, for whatever reason. Um, Logan, I, I don't know if you feel the same way or felt the same way about about their, their impact or lack of impact in this past ball game. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, and again, that's one of the things I was getting at with my last question is they looked in the Carolina game much more dynamic. They were much more aggressive. They were running more games. And I think they were just being a little bit more uh, assertive with their pass rush, right? And then when you watch them against Kansas City, and they did this in the regular season against Kansas City last year, is what happens is they, they kind of run their four-man rush. They're trying to play coverage. They're trying to get Patrick Mahomes to check the ball down. And then one of the defensive tackles inside gets double-teamed. So Patrick Mahomes has kind yeah. of like a two-way go on the defensive end of that side because if he plays up the field, the three technique can't get into that B-gap, right? Because he's getting double-teamed. Right. And then there's, he can step up right. and there's a big lane there. And then if he plays back, which James Smith-Williams did, he just runs around the outside and he's too fast. Yeah. And so I thought to myself like that, again, I'm hoping that it's just preseason, right? And again, in, in practice, the team has looked really dynamic with a five-man rush. And a five-man rush would mitigate that. It would kind of take that off the table, basically saying yes. everyone, exactly. everyone's in a one-on-one. Here's the pocket. Here's the cage. And so I'm hoping that that's kind of, you know, they're playing some stuff close to the vest you know ron has said that he doesn't like showing a t he doesn't like his coordinators to show a ton of blitzes in the preseason because they want to hold that for the season but again like those are the types of things that maybe you change up going into a game plan in the regular season yeah you know what i mean so absolutely and as i as i think about if we're if you're playing a guy like patrick mahomes in the regular season you're saying hey we want to what's the best way to to hurt him you know, no quarterback wants pressure in the middle of their in their face or up the middle. I'd mug those a gaps with with my with my linebackers, and I'm sending one of those guys. You know, on multiple occasions where that will allow one on ones 
with the defensive tackles of Payne and Allen. And by you blitzing, now you take away the ability for, you know, somebody to double team either Jonathan Allen or Deron Payne. You send one of the linebackers. You have a the other linebacker. If he's not in coverage, maybe you're spying, you know, yeah. taking you're spying a, a Patrick Mahomes as well. So there are things that you can do and understand, hey, this is how we're going to affect him the most. Now, coverage-wise, you guys are going to have to – hopefully you won't have to cover as long. Right. But you're going to have to be tight in your man-to-man coverages or be disciplined. But we're not going to allow him to have four, five seconds to just pick you apart. I'm going to get – I'm sending five, five-man pressures or simulated pressure yeah. more often than not. Yeah, absolutely. And the other thing that I want to ask you about is in when they run their cover six where they're playing quarters to one side and basically cover two to the other side – uh, those guys, the the guys to the quarter side, are, play very far off the ball. And I know, yeah. like even with Hazlitt, they they would play like D Hall would play like a press quarter, so where he'd press and then bail. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, do you think there would be an advantage to kind of being a little bit more aggressive in some of these coverages in terms of disrupting the receivers? I've I've I played a lot of the quarter quarters half cover six is what you what you uh, what you refer to, and it's a uh, I don't know what what they're being taught and then yeah it's, I love you don't know, you have no idea. well I, I would love to hear the reason behind it and a lot of times every defense has a weakness and cover four the weakness or cover six you know the post is the post or uh three verticals if you go three by one there's there's you know the mike backer may be running down the scene with the guy you know number three receiver or you know the post is always an issue and you know a lot of times you you say, hey, the weakness of this defense is the out route. We'll give that up. But you have to, I would say, play the game. Don't give them a steady diet of anything. Right. You know, sometimes you're pressing. Sometimes you're playing off. Have it play play the mind with the quarter. Play tricks with the quarterback's mind where you force him to read it out as he's dropping back. And just by doing that, that's going to give your rush an yeah. extra half second or a second to get there. Hopefully they'll do a little bit more of that, you know, where you're playing the game, you're disrupting routes. A lot of time, the very first play of the game was pitch and catch for ten yards. Yeah, uh, you know, cover uh, quarters coverage, and like, man, you're giving up ten yards right off the bat, and you know, it's just, it's just, uh, I guess different coaches have different ways of doing it. And you go ahead, yeah, you. and so here, this would be my like larger question, I guess, to kind of wrap up this part of the podcast, right? It's not preordained that you like have to look mediocre in preseason, right? Like it, it, there yeah. are different coaches that have different <laughs> philosophies, and yeah. I, I will say that hearing you guys talk about some of the very specific things that this defense isn't doing that could be very helpful, specifically against Patrick Mahomes, that are easy kind of on switches for the regular season, and the reasons why those switches aren't on now to not show things, et cetera. That makes me feel better about that performance. With that said. Given the context of what was called, I feel like there is a lot of valid reason to have concerns about the execution level here. And, you know, I I feel like there's a lot of like, you know, I I doubt either you guys are super into, you know, commander's Twitter. I know Logan's (laughs) not on Twitter at all. Fletch, I doubt you're like, you got to going through your timeline of a bunch of fans who think they know a lot about football complaining about stuff. But there's like a lot of complaints about Del Rio and his scheme and like this guy and like, we can He's put that stuff to the side. On he just said you're old. What's that? He just called no, you I old. I did not call. 
I, that is not me calling Fletch <laughs> old. That is me saying I Fletch think, has I things that are way better to do. It's a bigger indictment on you, Logan. <laughs> First and foremost, you're younger than me. And how can you not have Twitter? You doing? You have a podcast, man. You have to have a social media. <laughs> Thank you, London. I gave up this fight a long time ago. But now you, I got Fletch on my side. How are you going to promote your stuff without having social media? You don't have Instagram either. I, I have Instagram. That's I'm you know I'm, I'm yeah, working, yeah. You, you have to have Twitter though too because you know there are a lot of guys who are let's call them older older fans. They may not necessarily have Twitter. I mean they may not necessarily have Instagram, but they have Twitter and they'll they'll find that content. Hey, I want to hear more talk about you know the commanders. Yeah. So you have to you got to you got to get a damn Twitter account. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Craig. This is this is what Fletch used to do to me. All the, uh, he doesn't remember this, but he used to do this to me all the time. Like I'd be like, "Oh, you know, Fletch, I just you know sprained my AC joint." He's like, "Oh, you know, what? I did that. Uh, I did that, and I it was so bad that they had to like tape my arm to my body, and I played the rest of the game." And I was like, "Well, I guess I'm playing football this week." And so Fletch would always kind of oh, yeah. keep me on the straight and narrow. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I tell you this, my son, he he played tackle football for the first time last year seventh grader and I I was coaching I still coach and the very first kickoff return he sprains his ankle <laughs> and, and the trainer he, he crawls off the field and so he's you know getting treated by the trainer or whatever and she wants to go through all these different things hey can you how do you feel how's this can you walk can you run I'm like listen Tape him up and get him back on the field. Oh, you gotta understand, like his dad didn't miss a game, so it's a sprained ankle. Tape him up and, and put him back on the field. He's missing plays right now. That's just my mentality. But but you know, Craig, to go, to answer your question, <laughs> did I ever even get to the question? <laughs> yeah, yeah, get to the question. Yeah, get, get to the, the question, question, Craig. Yeah, yeah. Geez, we're getting off. First of all, point point of order. I was not calling Fletch old. Long as you get Twitter. Craig, I do have Twitter, and I'm, I'm, I'm on it actively. But, Logan, you have to get Twitter. And I hope you have better things to do than listen to fans complain. That was the point I was yeah, trying to make. Here we are. Now to the question. <laughs> Given the context of all the things that could be called that probably would if there was a game plan in regular season, how do we feel about the execution of what was called and the technique area of like where this defense is right now? Are you guys concerned going into the regular season, or do you chalk it up to the play calling that can be easily fixed? I'm not overly concerned. We we had that question posed to us. Uh, I think Julie or Bram, one of those, one of them asked me how concerned I was about the third down defense going into the game, and I, I said I probably had a coming out of Carolina, I probably had a level six, knowing that they're going to do more during the regular season. They're going to change up different things, and the reason I know this is because I talked to some of the coaches. They already told me this that they're going to have. They 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 are holding some stuff back, so I'm not I'm not concerned too too concerned. I will say this: within the basic calls, whether it's just cover one, fire zone, cover two, whatever the well, we don't really play cover two, but or haven't played cover two. There is a aspect of doing your job and doing it well, and that was disappointing you know in the first game against the the Carolina Panthers and I actually thought a lot of times the coverage this time the coverage yeah. was for the most part pretty decent um for the most part especially early in the game 
But Mahomes just has so much time that eventually the coverage is going to break down. So I'm not I'm not too concerned about it. Yeah, it's I mean um, it's really it's crazy because like if you were to say which game was the coverage better, I'd say Kansas City, and I know a lot of people wouldn't agree with that yeah. because of the result. Yeah, absolutely, but like it just the the way he was able to extend plays and stress guys and get to the open receiver like in that four and a half five second kind of range. Like yeah, I got to stopwatch timing these plays. I'm just like there's no defensive coverage scheme that's designed to do this. You know what I mean? To be on the field and cover for that long. Here, here, here's here's and this is one thing that you know you don't want to do this on a regular basis. But let's go back to the their first third down conversion. I think it was third and six, maybe third something like that. And the coverage was good. Initial coverage was good, and he hits McKinnon late in the yep. uh, in the drive. They brought they brought Jamin Davis on that drive. It was a fire zone. Yep. They dropped the uh, James Smith Williams. And they're playing seam, hook seam, so, you know, uh, basically they cover three underneath. Cam Cam Curl, he has he has McKinnon, and he's he's kind of watching Mahomes as well. Yeah. And as he sees Mahomes is looking one way to his left, and then at the last minute he, he takes a few steps and hits McKinnon, and by that time he's out-leveraged yeah. Cameron Curl, and so now it's a race to the sideline. If he makes that tackle – you're off the field. You probably off, we're probably off the field, and they don't score that that first drive. So you you leave feeling a lot different or a lot better about your third down defense. That had nothing to do with you know um, rush not being not a rush. Obviously, he had a lot of time, but the coverage aspect was was there. You know, can curl probably play a little tighter? Sure, but that happened. I'm really glad you brought that up because that was one of the plays I was thinking about. Like Cam's in a good spot to start the down, and yeah. as the down uh-huh. progresses, he's like he's starting to kind of move or drift towards where Mahomes right. is yeah, running, exactly. which is yeah. good defense, right? And then all of a sudden, Mahomes kind of pops back and does a Mahomes, and then you're in a bad spot to make the tackle on the back. So and, and now you got a foot race, yeah, <laughs> and it's tough. And he probably should have made that play, and he pushes him out of bounds or whatever. But like, it's right. just one of those plays where it's like. If if the rush is home early in the down coverage is good and that happened probably I want to say four or five times and then and they were in critical yeah. down and distance right it's, it's second and long or it's third and whatever and he just finds a way to kind of magician his way into something and then they get a new set of downs and then and then this is the other thing that comes up is the longer as an offensive player the longer the defense is on the field. It plays into our advantage, right? Because the reactions are a little bit slower. The run game's a little bit better. So, like, that's great. Every third down we get, I know that the defender I'm going against is going to be a little bit more tired, going to be a little bit slower. So, as you watch that down, the defense just kind of, they they, they lose some of that grit that they had in the the beginning of of the drive. And I think all those factors are important for fans to, to understand. Yeah, definitely. And the best news is that you don't have to see Patrick Mahomes again this that's year. That's true. So that's that's very nice. And in fact, they play one of the easiest, based off last year's numbers at least, one of the easiest quarterback schedules in the league this year. So hopefully you don't see a lot of guys who can do anything remotely what Patrick <laughs> Mahomes can do uh, this year. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. 
It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, it's Greg Hoffman from Take Command. It's not just a podcast. It's the 25th hour of your day. Your weekly source for all things commanders, right on time, your time. A list of household chores. Do them without missing a beat and listen while you work. In the car, turn mundane drives into memorable moments. With podcasts, you can maximize productivity and minimize FOMO. We're on demand, so we fit perfectly into your schedule. Follow Take Command in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Take Command podcast from Odyssey Sports. Craig Hoffman, Logan Paulson, London Fletcher, our guest today. And well, Fletch, the reason we wanted to have you initially, uh, before we even knew that that we'd be talking about the specifics of the defense during the game, is the perhaps biggest talking point of this team right now is the linebacker play. And Ooh. you know what better guy to have than London Fletcher to talk about the linebacker play. And so I, I will just start as broad as possible. What have you made of between what you've seen in camp and then what you've seen in these two preseason games of Cole Holcomb and Jamin Davis after all the talk that was about replacing them or upgrading from them uh, during the offseason that ultimately that, that Ron and Jack decide we're rolling with these guys? What have you seen? I've seen I've seen a lot of growth from Jamin Davis. You know, the the first two games, he seems a, a lot more comfortable in his role, a lot more comfortable in just being out on the field. And you can see that athleticism, the reason why they drafted him in the first round. I mean, he he's he's big. He's he's a lot bigger than you you realize. And I can remember the first time I saw him in person, he's six three, but he's close to two hundred and fifty pounds and, and it's not fat. It, he's he's put together. <laughs> And he can run, and you see the instincts, you see the coverage aspects. He's done a lot of good things. As he is he perfect? No, you know. As as Logan has uh, mentioned a couple times a day, there was one time where he let the back get out of the, out of the uh, backfield on him, where he was rushing and back across his face, and you know that's just something where you can't happen because that was a a third down, I think, as well. He's gonna he's continuing to get a lot better. There was a, a couple times where. He he shot his gun, you know, pulling guard and making tackles in the backfield, and you see that or or tackles on the sideline if they're trying to jet a wide receiver screen. Cole, I like him being in the middle linebacker. His communication. There's some times where those guys both have had some what I call some snapbacks, where the, the guards try to block them and they snap the, the neck of the uh, of the uh, guards back. That part I've really liked. Cole had a couple, he struggled a little bit in coverage this past game. And, and then a lot of that is I think he can be tighter in coverage, especially you talked about the quarters coverage, Logan. And that's understanding, okay, as you as you game plan a little bit more, realizing what types of routes you possibly mm. will get so you can be a, play those things a little bit tighter. So I'm sure he's disappointed in that aspect. I feel like we're fine at the at the at the start of the position with the linebackers. The depth aspect, that'll that's where you start to be like, okay, do we have the guys, you know, behind them to, if one of those guys get injured, do we have the players to, to uh, replace them? You know, it's interesting. You mentioned the depth, and I think you feel pretty good about a guy like Mayo. You know what I mean? I think Mayo 
is kind of that veteran guy. He's maybe not the best coverage player, but he shows up pretty. I, I feel like if he was playing linebacker ten years ago, everyone might he might be starting for this oh, team. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's very yeah, good in the yeah. runs. He's smart. He gets a little lost in coverage sometimes, but I think you feel good about him. I think the other spot is a little bit more in flux at the moment. Like Kalik Hudson's been the guy yeah. in practice, but all of a sudden he's starting to split reps with Milo Eifler, who is again a guy who's kind of making a case for himself here. I think he made some plays. Yeah. But, uh, Milo made some plays the other day, and he's physical he and did. he's fast to the football, and he seems to be playing with good instincts. Yeah. So again, like if if Milo plays like this moving forward, I think maybe the depth issue is less of a question. I don't know, but I think the disappointing one in that four, or the five, including Milo, is Kalik. He just doesn't seem to be, you know, the kind of the guy that he was maybe two years ago, which is kind of interesting, so. Fair enough. All right, if Fletch says we're good at linebacker, then we're good at linebacker. That's what I'm going to say when I get angry callers today on or in the next yeah. two days I mean, are people radio, Are people upset about that. linebacker? Is that a thing? Like... People, oh yeah, people are still just like furious that they didn't. It's like I don't understand how all season long or all off season they were like we got to do better. It was like the first thing Ron said at the press conference after last season, and then we didn't upgrade, and now they're not good. Blah blah blah. And it's like, I here here's I guess where I'm at on linebacker. And again, like talking to a, a tight end and a borderline Hall of Fame, and I only have to say borderline because you're not in yet, London, <laughs> and that's that's a big yet. Yeah, um, I, I was about to say, uh, man, you're trying to. You're trying to upset me i won't use the, the, the other word i was going to use <laughs> oh, on an early 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 as, in, the morning. as in you're waiting on the border and they need to just get you in yeah. so a hall of fame linebacker in london <laughs> fletcher um my again my opinion is what it is but like these guys to me are playing fine yeah. what they're not though is like making plays and i feel like this defense needs some playmakers to like go out and do something spectacular and obviously their best guy at that is going to be chase young you would think and he's not available right now as a d lineman but especially you know at, at that first level that you got all those first rounders who is the guy in the back seven that's going to be able to make a playmaker? Just like Mahomes can step up and make plays on third down. Travis Kelsey steps up, makes <laughs> plays on third down. They can make something out of nothing. Like, who's the guy who can make the instinctual read, who can go do something out of script, out of scheme, that is spectacular and changes the course of a game? And I think that is where they lack at linebacker. I know based off the design of this defense that that's not like – that's not a death knell. You can still be very good without that. But I do think that is a valid gripe slash frustration is it doesn't feel like these linebackers make a ton of plays outside of kind of the average tackle for four yards. Um, I mean, I, I disagree. Yeah. There, there's times, you know, just, just based on what I've seen in the first two games, first and foremost, I think Jamin has been really good in coverage. There's some yep. things that, that he's done, you know, last this bad, last ball game in particular, they tried to do a rub route and get the running back out of the backfield, and he does a great job of getting over that, taking that away, forcing Mahomes to try to throw the check down to the to the uh, tight end or the receiver that was incomplete. Stuff that you don't see necessarily in, it doesn't show up on the stat sheet, and to a, the fan who's watching, they may not even pay attention to that and know, like, man. You know, all right, he didn't make a play. Yes, he did. He made yeah. a play. <laughs> so, right. Because if and he does, this is something I tried to explain, you know, yeah, last week. Yeah. is like, if you, get, if you, like, yes, tackle for loss every other down, no. But, like, if you do your job in coverage, the ball doesn't go to your guy. And, like, that is making a play. And that, that was exactly my counter. So yeah, now and, I feel validated. Again, 
as they game plan more. And I don't know. I'm not in the meeting rooms. A lot of like when I played, most of the times the defense was set up for me to <laughs> to make a lot of plays. Yeah. Like, I mean, hell, they were they were smart because <laughs> you're Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame linebacker. That's yeah, why you got you to take advantage of your guys. So, <laughs> so a lot of the stuff was funneled to me. I don't. I mean, because our defensive line has so much talent. It's probably the the defense is more predicated on the defensive line, and the linebacker. Obviously, they have to do their jobs, and a lot of it's also more just growth and experience and understanding how to make plays or when you can make the plays. And as you study your as you study your opponent opponent, and if I'm going against, you know, whether it's Logan at tight end, Jason Wynn, or whoever the tight end is, and I'm playing a lot of quarters coverage, which we do. And I know, hey, when can I undercut a route? When can I be a little tighter in coverage? When can I? When do I have to be a little bit more conservative? That's the next step that you have to get as a linebacker, and that's only going to be gained through experience. Yeah. That's the next step that they have to make in terms of the coverage aspect, or or making a play, or you know, getting greedy. Also, when you take on a lineman, shock him get rid of him, and then make a tackle. That's the next step. That it'll Those steps will come, but I guess it's not happening quick enough for our fan base. Well, and also I think the other important thing to note is like everyone talks about tackle for loss. Like first off, for the modern linebacker, that's like not a very good statistic, you know, in terms of because it's such a pass-happy league. So like they need to be better in yeah. pass coverage. But also like to Fletch's point, this defense, like everyone has a gap, right? So it's not like when Fletch was playing here and we ran that 3-4 and he got those big big hosses up front eating up blocks. Like everyone has their own gap. So like if the ball doesn't come to your gap, it's not like you can just shoot through someone else's gap and make the play. Like you have to play gap sound defense and rely on your teammates to kind of make plays. So your, your, your production is never going to be like that Ray Lewis covered up just run of the football type production. And I think that's important for people to understand. Fletch, did you ever play in a in a in a single gap defense, or was everything two gap for oh, you? Yeah, absolutely. Which way? My first, yeah, my first twelve years was four three uh, single gap defense. And look at you. you know, we went to the yeah, we went to the three four. My last four years, that was an adjustment for me because it was it was some what you call what call two gapping. Yeah, and you know. It was just a different type of. We were not an attacking downhill type of three four defense, so you weren't going to get a ton of tackles for loss. I personally, I like the the four three where you're attacking, and you can be a three four attacking type of defense. It just it's just a matter of style. philosophy. We we yeah, philosophy or style, so to speak. But those those plays will happen. I'm I'm very confident that they'll happen this year because the guys are too instinctive. Again, when you see Jamin and his ability to run, and you see Cole and his instincts, those runs, as soon as they read it and they come downhill and they're able to you know, shoot gaps, they're going to make a lot more plays. Then, this is something I want to yeah. ask you. Sorry, Craig. Is you know, like Now I feel like, and you watch a lot of films, so this is an okay question, but like now with all the jet sweeps and the cross sifts and the kind of fake pullers, like how hard I mean offenses have evolved to like make linebackers kind of impotent. Like yeah. they just they don't make plays. And 
How how challenging is that for those guys? I think is my question. It, it's, it's very challenging, especially if you're playing. You know, the times where you're playing a zone defense, where if you step up or you got the RPOs that you're worried about it, and and you're mentioning the misdirection plays and all those types of things. If you come downhill too quickly, then you're opening a window behind you, and you know that's then you're you're kind of compromised there. If you don't come downhill, then they're handing the ball off and you're allowing the, the linemen to get angles on you in the run run game. So there is a there's a different type of challenge, and that all that stuff can be mitigated if if your defensive line is getting mm-hmm. penetration into the backfield. And they're being extremely disruptive because if they're disruptive, you can be a little maybe a half step slower on the on the run read just to ensure that the ball is being handed off and you're not opening up windows in the passing lane for for those uh those receivers, especially if you're playing a zone coverage. Got it. So overall to wrap up on the defense, uh we're not that concerned. We we certainly see some room for growth, but we feel good about it. Any any other players' notes to add to that to kind of close the book on where we are through two preseason games? Any other players to talk about? Any other notes to add? I'd say let's get through the first four or five games of the season <laughs> before we get an assessment of the defense and whether we're saying, okay, now this is a problem and you know, or – all right, this is they're playing the way we expected them to play. Let's get through the first, you know, four or five games because that's enough time to kind of tell you what they're going to be and who they are. Yeah. I mean, I think for me it's kind of like if the offense was playing a little bit better, I wouldn't be as concerned. I think I'm I'm a little concerned about the defense just <clears throat> just because the offense seems to be kind of foundering a little bit and again, that could be like just as an example, they had probably I think they had three, three or four second and ones with the starters, and those plays like with Kyle, with pretty much any OC in the NFL are like shot plays. Like you just kind of say, "Oh, we're in a good situation. Let's take a shot." But you know they're yeah. relying on the run. They're, they seem to be kind of playing it uber conservative. And so again, I'm hoping that that is a stylistic choice based on the preseason. But if that's the philosophy to kind of insulate Carson, supposedly. I'm concerned because then, you know, it's going to be harder <clears throat> harder for the offense to be successful. And so if the offense is playing better, you know, I would be like, oh, defense, don't even worry about it. The offense looks good. But because the offense is kind of, I don't know, dragging its feet a little bit seemingly, I'm a little bit more concerned. But, again, like, I mean, with Fletch. I think I think, I think that's more just preseason yeah. because your point, defensively, it's hard for a defensive coordinator when, when you allow – when the team is in second and one – the offense has the whole entire playbook, you know, at, in front of them, and you you don't know what to call. You're just like, you know, they they can run it, they can throw it. So you're you're kind of conservative. You don't want to be too aggressive because you just don't know what play call is going to happen. They've chosen to run the ball a couple in a lot of those situations. It could be, hey, we want to was it this past ball game because we have three starters yeah. out and. We don't want to expose our quarterback to some, you know, hits. We're not going to take, you know, play action shots. Or is it just we don't want to show the Jacksonville Jaguars what we're thinking right. going into that ball game? Yeah. I mean, it's a great – I mean, that, that's I, again, that's the crazy thing about preseason is it's so hard to get, like, a true bead on what the heck's going on. So, yes. 
Yeah, I mean, I hear that. I also watch the Chiefs, who are one of the best teams in football competing for a Super Bowl, take a shot on a second down, and then come back and just pick it up on third down with the fullback dive. And it's like, I, I guess it's just, it's on some level, there is a little bit of frustration when you watch some of these other teams play here's, here's, so well. Here's, here's, the, here's the difference. The Chiefs aren't going to surprise you with Andy Reid and, and Patrick Mahomes in terms of, there's no element of surprise in terms of, They've been together for, I don't know, seven, eight years, however, uh, however long Andy's been, I think six or seven years, however long he's been in that in Kansas City and Andy Reid's history as a head coach. Like, you know what his offense is. You know, heck, I was calling plays from the booth because I knew having faced <laughs> Kansas City Chiefs offense so many times or having faced Andy Reid's offense right. so many times, you know what's going to happen. So there's no... I don't even know who the Chiefs' first opponent is. That opponent knows what they're going to do. Now, being able to stop it is, is a entirely <laughs> different thing. They, well, can take, they can take those shot plays. As far as our offense, you have Carson Wentz. He's new in our system. You have a bunch of new new players. You don't know. Hey, how are we going to really? How are they really going to use Jahan Dawson? How are they going to get him the football? We know. You know they're going to obviously get Curtis. Samuel the football in certain different ways and and Terry McCorn. What types of things are they going to do with Brian Robinson at the running back position? So that's something that the Jacksonville Jaguars don't know. So you hold that to the vest as much as you can going into the preseason. You know what I mean? In the preseason, you don't show that that hand because you you have the ability with a new quarterback and some new players. Like I'm not showing you what we have dialed up or what we will have dialed up come September 11th in week one. I hear you. I guess I also just come like, well, if the Chiefs, and I understand their talent, um, but like if the Chiefs can run it and not really care, and it's like the execution is what matters, then I I, I do would like to see some, I guess, better execution, some yeah, yeah, more, like, so, like if, if the philosophy works for the Chiefs and like the Bills put up 42 points and the best teams in football, and it's like, well, they're doing it, like at some point you look at the commanders, you're like, are we, do we think we're smarter than everyone else? Like, is that what we're going to get by on? Because I don't, that, that doesn't necessarily uh, pl- tend to play out in the regular season, at least the yeah. seven years yeah. that I've been oh, that, covering that's, the team. That's fair. That's and fair. to your point, Craig, it's not like, it's not like they're taking like game plan shots. It's like they're running like corner post, which everybody runs. And you know, they're like, they're, they're just kind of running plays that are like, you know, kind of generic shot plays and kind of holding yeah. like their, maybe their cover six beater or their quarters beater a little bit closer to the vest, which I think, again, that's something that I would have liked to see from Scott. Just be like, Hey, like let's, you run this play action pass. Like, let's just, just throw it. Just, just see what happens. Work the timing. Uh, but like, like Fletch said, you know, like it's early and, you know, Ron, at least in my limited conversation with him has said, you know, they want to keep some stuff kind of close to the vest and that's his prerogative. And, you know, he's done it for a long time. So, Yeah, I I will say this, though, from an execution standpoint, there are times where when they did take the shots, better ball placement by the quarterback, you would like to see that happen. You know, that hasn't happened yet where the ball placement hasn't been where you would like it to be, where I would like it to be. And, and Logan, you're an offensive guy, and I'm, you know, just a defensive guy, and I may feel like, okay, man, maybe the ball should have been a little bit further outside to give – that receiver a better chance or, you know, maybe put put a little bit more air on the football to to 
you know, make make that completion, things like that. That's just me looking at it from my view as a defensive player right. and defensive background. But again, I, I I would say the ball placement on some of those situations needs to be better. Yeah. And I think I think also like even just looking at the Curtis Samuel play, like you know that's like a, a man beater, right? They've got like a slant, like a rub slant coming underneath. Like could Terry be a little tighter there? And then it's also like maybe yeah. Curtis could be a little bit more vertical to kind of give him a wider throwing lane because he widens so dramatically. He has to be a perfect ball. And then it's like the defender's got his back to you and the safety's coming over top. Maybe back shoulder ball is there. And those are the types of things that I think to Craig's point, like you just need reps at, right? Like what does Curtis like to do in that situation? Can he put his foot in the ground and jump up and, and high point that ball? Kind of, yeah. and, and and those are decisions. Those are things that you just need to get reps with, right? And Curtis hasn't practiced a ton, yeah. right? So, and again, is Curtis too wide? Those are the things that when I watch that, I'm like, I like the play call, I like right. the situation, but in terms of the communication and, and being on the same page with the quarterback, it doesn't seem to be like that's one of those plays like the Drew Brees or Tom Brady. It just like they do it in their sleep, like the like the receivers running. Back shoulder yeah. ball, yeah. it's a completion. It's like maybe not a touchdown, but it's a big play. And again, like those types right. of execution things, I think need to be cleaned up a little bit. Yeah. And if, if if it's it's also great teaching tape too. Yeah. In terms of again, we don't know, you know, the split that they're ter- telling Terry or the, yeah, the, right. You know, the yardage or whatever or whatever. Who's you know? How can we better it? Be better at that situation. Right. It's great teaching. You know, you mentioned, hey, does Curtis need to go up a little bit more then, yeah. you know, go on his route, his switch route, things like that, or rub route, to just give him a little bit more space so it's not where he's having to jump back into the defender to try to make that play. Right. He already has a yard on him. So those are those are great opportunities, great moments with, to teach as well. And hopefully, um, you know, we'll see a better result when those moments come up, because they're going to run those type of plays in the regular season. Yeah. That's that's going to be a, a bread-and-butter type of play. Definitely. And you see what, where the precision matters on the screen to Dotson. Like, yeah. he runs that perfectly. He times it perfectly, and all of a sudden, it, he's got a convoy of blockers in front of him, and you go, oh, that's what happens when you execute perfectly. And, like, I think if you saw that more often, you'd feel a lot better about this offense, regardless of the play call. It just it feels very disjointed Labor- you guys could certainly laborious. speak to how play calling feels hard yeah, you guys could speak to to how the play calling affects that lack of rhythm but it, it doesn't feel like it's cohesive at all it just feels like a bunch of random plays out there and and that there's the players themselves don't really have a rhythm offensively right now yeah i mean that again like it's hard i don't want to be overly critical in the preseason but it does like Good offenses make it look easy. Like watch Kansas City, looks easy, right? It looks like it's effortless yeah. for them to move the ball any situation, second and whatever. They they find a way to get that executor. Even their quick game stuff, right? It's just Patrick Mahomes is super diligent with his eyes. He looks to the 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 further out, comes into Kelsey, easy six yard gain. It's just and this just feels like they, they, they've, they've also been. It's they've, true. They've been it's true. And and again you know, and again, multiple years. Let's just understand that. This is what this was their second game together as a group. Yeah, yeah. Collectively, skilled players, and then you also you that offensive line, which I, I didn't I didn't think they played bad. They, the, they the did starters. a good job. No, I, but I from a game plan standpoint, you go into the game and you know, 
heck, man, <laughs> we, we're not going to be able to to dial up everything we probably wanted to work on in this right. game yeah. just because yeah. we don't we want don't want to expose our quarterback to certain situations. So, you know, let's 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 let a couple games also yeah. develop and see what the offense looks like after you know four or five game stretch sure. where we can say this is who they are. We get a true assessment of Carson at the quarterback position. Scott is a play caller with this group of guys, the offensive line, which there will be two new starting guards. We'll have you know Trey Turner and Andrew Norwell. Those elements, they haven't worked together at all as a unit in, yeah. in training camp. They got to get some reps together. Going, you know, before I don't know if they'll play this third preseason game together, but at some point you want to see those guys work together before it's September 11th. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. Hey, everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Take Command Podcasts from Odyssey Sports. That's Logan Paulson. I'm Craig Hoffman, and London Fletcher is our guest. All right, Logan, the the time that I know you've been looking forward to the entire podcast as much as the last 50 minutes have been enjoyable, uh, certainly many fans, listeners, uh, looking forward to story time with Fletch. Logan, are there any particular stories you wanted to ask the soon-to-be Hall of Fame linebacker? <laughs> well, I, think that, I feel like I worded that better that time. I think, I think if, the thing about Fletch that is so cool is like when you get a player who plays longer than like 10 years, they, they're like a time capsule of like different eras of the NFL. So like when Fletch came in, like the NFL was one thing, and when he left, it was something completely different. And so like for me as a young player to be introduced to kind of like he already talked about some of the stuff that like I think makes him really special and like that physical mindset like playing through injury like he imparted that to me you know and like in terms of people that impacted my career my philosophy towards football like I always say like like Lorenzo Kedrick but like London Fletcher I don't know if he knows that because like he you know he just was a guy in the locker room just being a leader but like I think that that type of stuff, those like little stories about, oh, you know, like I had this injury and it kind of motivates you to kind of say, I want to be a little bit like that guy who's like a really special football player. But I do have a funny story. The first time I ever saw Fletch practice. And so Fletch, I think I was 2010, right? And I was, you know, I was 24 and you're probably what, like a hundred years old. How old are you then? He was 35, according yeah. to Pro Football Reference. Yeah, yeah, yeah 35. Yeah, 30, so 35 yeah. years old, and everyone, you know, like you fall off a cliff at 30 or whatever, you know, like the, the genetic thing is. And I remember watching him practice, and he was practicing literally every play like it was a full-speed game. Like it was like he was – I remember he ran to the sideline, and he like pushed the back out of bounds. He did like a full somersault and like jumped to his feet and then like sprinted back to the huddle. And I remember thinking to myself, like, that dude is a freaking animal. He's, he's like, 35 years old. And, like, again, like, it's just one of those moments. Like, it was probably nothing to Fletch. But for me, I was like, like, that is, like, that is the intensity with which I need to approach practice. Like, and he just did that every day. 
Every day you did that. I remember you also almost gave me a concussion a couple times, like just being you. You know what I'm saying? Like it just and like that was the standard. He was like he was he's made out of pig iron. He was indestructible. He practiced as hard as he could every day. And he also lied to me about playing having three days when he first got in the league too. Yeah, that's the thing. Like now I'm like I'm second guessing all my stories because I'm like, well maybe they're not true because he was just saying that to get to get me to do something. I, 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 <laughs> Logan, you gotta. I did not lie to you. I did not lie to you. You got to you got to tell what what you said. I lied to you. You have to share that. So I remember I was di- it was in training camp. I was dying. You know, it was two days, whatever. And these were, these were easy two days because like the afternoon was a was a walkthrough. And so Fletch came up to me and like there was a whole bunch of rookies. He's like, you know what, guys? Like we used to do three days. And I just looked at him like, what? And he goes, yeah, three days, full pads, tackle to the ground. And I was like. Well, I guess, like, if they were doing three days, like, I can at least do this bullshit, like, one in a walkthrough. And then we were on the show the other day, and I brought that up to Julie on air. It was live. And Flesh goes, oh, we never had three days. I made that whole thing up. <laughs> so now I'm kind of like, well, what is, what's real? What is, or was Flesh just saying stuff to get me motivated through camp? I don't know. There, there was an element of truth to the story. <laughs> there was an element of, let's call it, embellishment to the story. <laughs> the fact was, we we did some days have three a day practices. However, I didn't share with Logan that the the third practice or the second practice was a special teams practice, and it was kind of like you weren't in pads, you were in, you were in you know shorts and whatever, and it was like maybe let's call it an hour practice. And nothing major. And that, that would probably happen every third day or something like that. So there was <laughs> there was a three-day practice that took place. We weren't in full pads on, on all three of those practices. However, we we did. Now, those two-day practices in itself were just brutal. Yeah. But, yeah, you, you, you guys were soft and a little complaining <laughs> about being tired with uh, one, one full pad of practice. That was probably only an hour and forty five minutes with Coach Shanahan and a yeah, you know walkthrough. Like, dude, I, I don't feel sorry for you. Like, you. This is easy right now. You suck it up and let's let's play football. Well, dude, I think that's the thing. Like, I look at like training camp now. Like, so when I left, it was two thousand nineteen was my last year, my last training camp. And I'd be at the lunch hall, and guys would be like, "Oh man, I'm so tired." And I, I just remember I always thought about you. You don't it, again, like the the smallest things. But London Fletcher, three days, just being like, you just got to do it. Go out and get it done. And I just remember thinking, Fletch would die. These guys have like, it's like an hour hour and 25 minute practice and a walkthrough. And they're dying in training camp. And it's just so funny how that changed so drastically, I think. It, it is. I, I'll tell you, you know, what I remember about Logan is, as, as like he does now, and what makes it, what's made him, you know, be able to play for as long as he played and why he's, why he's uh, good at you know, doing a podcast and, and being on television. He always wanted to know and ask questions like, you know, Fletch, how so he was he was the scout team tight oh, end. Yeah. And during those times I had to cover we played so much man to man. Hell, I from me my standpoint, I covered more more man to man than I feel like the cornerbacks did. <laughs> and he was just all he could never really beat me. And he would always be like, dang man. How you know? How are you able to to cover this and, and this route and this route and um uh you know guys you guys ran like what you call a basic route yeah. and and some of the other routes that you you guys ran and and you just like man I I 
Like you could tell every day he would go home trying to figure I, out how always. he could beat me. <laughs> always. Would, and it was when it was time for me to leave when Logan finally started beating me. I was like, it's time to retire. <laughs> <laughs> My last year, Logan started to finally beat me. I was like, all right, man, it's time. That's it. Time to call it. <laughs> Look, it's your fault. He was going to no, play forever. No, you retired London no, Fletcher. It's, but, like, I remember, like, as I'd go and, like, you know, I'd, I'd do the – I'd watch Jason Witten tape and I'd be like, oh, well, what if I do this? And, like, I just remember – and this is also just different. Like, I remember it would be, like, a full, like, like you know, holding all this kind of stuff and just straight push off and all that kind of thing. And Fletch always kind of knew, like, five yards wasn't out, eight yards was this, 14 yards was this. And he always was able to guess it right. And I just was like, son of a gun. And then, you know, he's right. One day I started beating him. But also, like, Fletch, you forgot to tell him that you, like, you were only practicing, like, one period a day because your ankle was so f***ed <laughs> up. So, Fletcher on one leg. Hey, man. Fletch on one leg was. Let me also tell you another uh, element you need to. Don't mess up the, a good story with the truth. Like, with adding an element of truth. Like, you let the good story ride. You know? I should have, man. I yeah, like, I retired no. Fletcher. No, Fletch had a like. Fletch's ankle was like your your ankle was like messed up. I remember that was another oh, crazy. Yeah. That was another crazy story about that season. I remember Fletch <laughs> like he'd come to the walkthroughs right, and then he wouldn't come to practice. He just get treatment all the time. He didn't practice. You didn't practice at all. Like that. Like the second half of 2013, and then you would just I would come, practice like one day a one week. day a week, and, and that was. And it was really go ahead, finish. No, no, finish yeah, and it was own. like, and then I just remember, like, you knew everything. Like, there was no practice required. Like, you were so dialed in mentally that, like, and again, that just things that influence you. Like, you didn't always need to be banging your head against the sled or banging your head nine on seven. Like, the film study was almost just as important. And like that year showed me just how important it was. You know, just being dialed in, being on all your stuff. You know, so yeah. Now it, it was. Uh... And it wasn't my choice not to practice. I mean, you mentioned the ankle. My ankle was jacked up, and I would, I would literally have to take painkilling injections for every game, probably the second half of the season, just to be able to play. And you know, you get through, you get through the game, and then you put. I'm paying for it on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And the reason why I practiced that one day a week, it wasn't necessarily for me, Logan. It was more about for. I felt like the team and also the defense, like they needed to hear my voice. They needed yeah. to have me out there barking out the commands and just my mindset of how we need to practice and why we need to practice a certain way. And here's here's my my biggest regret that I've had that I had during my career. That twenty twelve season after we, you know, we went off we went run off what six games or whatever seven, to, yeah. to make the playoffs. Yes, and it was seven games um, to to make the playoffs, and just the, the the height, the sense of urgency that we had. We beat we beat the Cowboys that that final game regular season game to make the playoffs, and again I was only practicing one day a week. Maybe I think towards the yeah I'm still only practicing one day a week, and I can remember when we. We're getting ready to play Seattle in the playoffs. That that Wednesday practice was one of the worst practices I can I can remember, and the reason it was one of the worst practices. I mean, the receivers were dropping balls all yeah. over the place. Defense looked a mess. And normally, if I had been practicing, 
I would have MF'd everybody with a, hey, let's start this thing over. And I'm and I'm sitting there and I'm watching the practice and I'm like, you know what, no, maybe just, you know, it'll be okay. And the next day, Thursday, I practice. Typically, I wouldn't practice on Friday. I said, you know what, I need to be out here because this practice is awful. I'm going to practice the next day. You know, that's how we need to practice better. And, you know, practice. I ended up practicing Thursday and Friday. But I felt like, I should have said something that Wednesday, Wednesday because when we, yeah, when we played that that Sunday game, if you think about it, there were several drops that happened in that ball game. Defense didn't, you know, we had some some busting in, in coverages or things that that happened throughout the course of the game that I felt like happened that that Wednesday in practice, and I should have addressed it. And that was that was like, man, that you know, me as a leader, I should have I should have stepped up and mm, said something. You know, got and said something because I knew what a, a championship practice looks like, and then that that Wednesday practice did not look like a championship type of practice. Well, that's something about you that I like. Again, in addition to the the toughness and like the leadership, like you led in a way that I had never in my ten years since never saw. And what I mean by that is like you were the dude. Like, I remember being it was in training camp, like and no one wants to practice anymore in training camp, and you didn't like the nine on seven period. And you basically told Coach, hey, like, start – you told Mike Shanahan, like, start the period over. And I remember thinking, like, oh, like, that's just how it's going to be. And, like and, – and that was something I always respected about you. Like, if it wasn't to your standard, like, you always – you were very, very good at, like, stepping in and saying the right things and getting guys going. And, you know, like, I do – I remember in 2013 – you probably don't remember this. I remember Mike was kind of giving us, like, a really cushy training camp because he thought we were going to be ready to go and like, you know, another playoff team. And he was doing what he thought was best. And I remember you came up after practice one day and said like, this is like nonsense. You didn't say that exactly, but you said like, this is nonsense. Like we need to be playing and practicing in a more physical way. And I just remember thinking like, that's a guy who has like a vision for what like success and greatness looks like. And it, you know, again, I, 10 years, never saw anybody else do that. Not one other person. So, you know, it's something I always respect. Yeah. I appreciate it. And, you know, we when you're when you're around it and you see and you know what it should look like. I think at your job as a as a leader, whether you're a captain or not, is to hold yourself accountable and hold others accountable. Mm-hmm. And when you when it's not up to the standard that you know it takes to win, you have to say something. And you did, and uh, I think things went pretty well for you. Uh, <laughs> tons of success over over the career. Sixteen years. In the NFL, a Super Bowl championship in your second year with St. Louis, uh, Pro Bowls, All Pros, and again, soon, hopefully, the Hall of Fame. Uh, London, this was phenomenal, man. We definitely would love to have you back at some point during the season, if not multiple times during the season. Thanks so much for doing this, and uh, we will try to uphold your standard here on Take Man. <laughs> hey, make Logan get Twitter, man. That's, that's his next <laughs> yeah. Fletch said you had to. Yeah, it wasn't you, me. Uh, Fletch said you, you had to. You need to promote the promote your podcast, <laughs> man. <laughs> I guess Logan will see you on Twitter. Yeah, I'll be, see you on yeah. the radio. That's it for Take Command. See ya.